A while back, uh, Quinn and I had exchanged some emails, and uh, he had said, and we hadn't talked about it for a while, but he said, yeah, if you could give an update about what's going on with Campus Life, that'd be great. Because uh, I know that I don't recognize at least a few of you in here, and, and I'm thinking that maybe uh, you have no idea who I am or why I'm here. So uh, for those of you that already know who I am and what I do, this will be a little bit of an update. For those of you that don't know me at all, this will be an introduction. So uh, I'm Tim Hoflinger, and I am a part of a ministry that is actually going on around the world, uh, and it's Youth for Christ. And uh, what we're doing uh, in Columbus is I specifically work with middle school students at Central and Northside, Uh, And we do what's called Campus Life. Um, Basically, what we're trying to do through Campus Life is we are trying to communicate uh, the message of hope and mercy and grace that Jesus has shared with us uh, to middle school students. Uh, I had been a youth pastor for uh, just shy of nine years before I started doing this. And uh, I found that, you know, no matter what we did, the programs that we built, the, the outreaches that we designed, we were still missing a large segment of the student population. Uh, and so, I, and I had been familiar with Campus Life. I had volunteered with it when I had started out as a youth pastor and, and knew a little bit about it. Uh, but what I found and what I discovered with the ministry that I was doing at the church is there was a lot of students who uh, really wouldn't ever step foot inside a church, and, and we were missing them. And so when I had the opportunity to uh, come on board as full-time staff with Youth for Christ and do it full-time, it was uh, a pretty cool thing for me. Uh, and and we found that over the last uh, two and a half years that I've been doing this, uh, we've been able to, to meet a lot of students to reach a lot of kids who I don't think we would have seen otherwise. So uh, just to give you an update a little bit of what's going on this year, uh, we have absolutely exploded this year. It seems like the first couple years we had a little bit of a slower start than I would want. Of course, I'm the kind of person that, like, when I get involved in something, I want it to, like, take off right now. I want it to be there yesterday. And uh, so I had to test my patience a little bit. I believe that God was just saying, hey, you know, I've got this under control. Just be patient. Build the relationships that you need to build and, and do what I'm asking you to do. So that was a little bit of a difficult thing for me because I was ready for it. Just to, I was ready for there to be, you know, 100 kids there every week and, and you know, uh, students coming to know Jesus like every single day. And, and it just it wasn't happening like that. So uh, but this year, it's like our numbers have have almost doubled uh, from the last two years. We're, we're getting kids there that, that we've never seen before. We're getting new opportunities. It seems like almost every single week. Uh, as we've, uh, I feel like uh, myself and our team have done a really great job of building relationships with the teachers, the administrators. Uh, I feel like we just, we're, we're doing things and we're able to, to connect with students in ways that we never have before, which I think is just lending to itself. So we have taken off this year and it has been so much fun to be a part of that and to be leading uh, the teams of adults and students that we have uh, just in, in teaching them and training them how to do what we do to to reach middle school students wherever they're at. Uh, You know, as you can imagine, when we go into schools and we start meeting students, we hear stories all over the board, all across the place. I mean, we, there are stories uh, of kids all over the place. You know, some kids are very involved in their church and, and are 
very grounded in their faith. Uh, and there are kids who have no idea of even what a normal family should look like and uh, a lot of brokenness and trouble and, and, and sometimes death and uh, just a lot of questions. And they're, they're wondering, you know, why would God put me in this situation? Uh, and it's, it's hard to answer those questions. I mean, I've never had to deal with anything like that. So when, when you're trying to communicate with students that are coming from situations, I mean, uh, it's really difficult. So uh, I just feel like the Holy Spirit is leading us and we're, we're able to connect with those students. And uh, in fact, some of the students that we have coming, uh, it seems like every week, you know, when we get to the part of the talk where we talk about the Bible, uh, they're like, oh, I'm an atheist. Okay, but you keep coming back, so you must be getting something out of this. So uh, it's interesting to see where they're at and how they respond. Uh, but this year has been a ton of fun, and I just see the momentum continuing to go and to, to grow. So it's, uh, it's, it's fun, but it's also very challenging because, uh, you know, with the numbers of our students doubling, we've got to figure out how we're going to reach these kids and how we're going to communicate with them and invest in their lives and 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 that becomes a challenge so the challenge before had been how do we get students involved now we've got lots of students involved and now the the challenge is how do we how do we meet these kids where they're at how do we invest in them and how do we dig into their stories and really figure out uh how we can best uh meet their needs so uh if you would like to talk to me about that uh i would love i have probably a hundred stories that I could share, and I, I don't want to do that here. Uh, God's laid a message on my heart today, and I, I want to share that too. Uh, but, you know, a community meal, or if you want to get my phone number later, or if you want to friend me on Facebook or whatever, I, man, I'd love to share story after story after story with how uh, we see God moving in the public schools in Columbus. Uh, so, on to what we're talking about today. So, the teaching today is about truth. Uh, uh, we all know, I think if I said the statement, uh, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Okay. We, we've all heard that before. We all have maybe at least had an understanding of what that means or tried to dig into that a little bit. Here's the deal with truth. It is sometimes seen as this like mystical, curious thing, uh, Here's the deal, though. No amount of belief or opinion or hypothesis, nothing like that can change the truth. Uh, Truth is pretty much set in stone. If you look at the real root of the word, truth is truth is truth. You can't change it. It's it's always there. Uh, There are a lot of people in, in my generation and in younger generations who would say, yeah, well, you know, that's true for you, but... This is true for me, and we can, you know, live together, and we can be happy, and, and you know, that's, we'll, we'll all be happy and have warm, fuzzy feelings. Uh, popular belief does not change or determine truth. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, there was a guy named Josh McDowell. Uh, he's kind of a, a guru in the field of youth ministry. Some of you may have heard of Josh McDowell. Uh, when I was in high school a few years ago, uh, a few, give or take. <laughs> we'll, we'll stick with that. Uh, you know, we'll go with the truth, right? Uh, 
he did this video series, and we got a chance to watch this in my youth group when I was in high school. And he went out around, you know, like college campuses, and he was asking the question, uh, is there such a thing as absolute truth? And a lot of the responses were, some people said, yeah, yeah, absolutely, there's, there's, there's truth. But some people would say, no, no such thing as absolute truth. Using an absolute statement to say there's no such thing as absolute truth. So it's kind of a self-defeating logic. It, it didn't really work. And, and people sometimes don't understand that uh, you can't really think that way because it doesn't work. Uh, now, certain things we know to be true. There are certain things that just we know. Uh, give me some examples of things that you know without any doubt. There is zero doubt that it is true. Gravity. Okay, very good. Sun will come up in the morning. Yes. Carpet. I'm standing on carpet, right? Yeah, it's true. You feel it. You can sense it, experience it. What? Somebody said something over here? You're a human. Okay. Uh, things that we know without any doubt are true. Anybody going to debate Quinn on that? Now, there are other things that we have evidence for. We have evidence, but we can't exactly claim it to be 100% truth. Uh, anything that you can think of that might fit in this category? See the wheels grinding back there. Come on. Big Bang Theory. Okay, we've got some evidence. Okay, there's people that are saying, hey, this is a hypothesis we have, but it can't be proven 100%. Right. Okay, anything else? Some things we have evidence for, but maybe can't prove wholeheartedly evolution how life started right right that seems to be a pretty big one for a lot of people yeah you know yeah if you weren't there as an eyewitness you can't say yeah i know that that's true all right very good and sometimes history is written by the winners of the battles, so things maybe get skewed a little bit <laughs> now now we're that may fit into the first category uh, <laughs> uh all right so then there's another category things that we have little evidence but we claim to be true uh and there's some people who will fight tooth and nail i mean there are some people who i think would fight to the death for some of these things that there's very little evidence for but they believe it to be true. Uh, anything that comes up, what do you think? That the the moon landing. It was a. Uh, it was just. It was done in a Hollywood studio, right? <laughs> See, you're not alone. Anything else? Okay, how the dinosaurs went extinct. Very good. Uh, Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. You believe what you want to believe, right? But some people will take that belief and make it truth. And they say, there is no doubt in my mind that that's true. Okay, so we're going to just keep those in the back of your mind, those different categories of things. Uh, now, if we have evidence, you know, let's take that second category. We say we have evidence, and... Uh, we, we believe it to be true. We feel there's enough evidence for it to be true. 
uh, and we find out more information later on that changes our mind. Is that okay? Yeah, we want truth. I mean, truth is important. Uh, if we have truth and we disregard it or we reject it, that's our own fault. Okay, so we gotta we gotta take. You know, when we get more information and we have more evidence, that plays into uh, how we see the truth. There are very few things, I think, in this world that you can say without any doubt, with 100% certainty, that they are true. Uh, it's just, it's, it's rare. Most of the stuff that we know that we have is based on evidence. And so I want you to keep that in mind as I go through today. Um, There's a couple observations that I have made about truth in my lifetime. Uh, it is impossible to have two opposing truths. You know, like I said that story before, you know, this person says, oh, this is true for me, that's true for you, we're just, uh, let's, let's all be friends. And that's fine, you can be friends with people like that, I think that's great, and I think it's good to have open dialogue. But I can't say, this is true, this is true, they're opposing they can't both be true. One is right, one is wrong, ultimately. Sometimes it takes a long time to figure out which one is right, which one's wrong. But that's uh, just how it works. Okay, so just as, as an example, uh, people of the Jewish, Jewish faith would say, the Messiah has not come yet. Uh, Emmanuel, God with us, has not come yet. Uh, Christianity claims Jesus is the Messiah, he came and he, he did what he was supposed to do. He fulfilled the prophecies. And so I can't say I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Okay, so I can't say to someone who follows Jewish faith, uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You believe that. That's cool. You know, uh, you know, all paths lead to the same end anyway. You know, everybody gets to heaven. If you uh, believe in your faith and you do the right things and you do what you're supposed to do as a part of your faith, that's cool. We'll all end up in the same place anyway. Because something happened uh, when Jesus was doing his ministry here on earth. In John 14, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus, man, why did you have to say that? Like, I would much rather, I'm the kind of person, I don't like to ruffle feathers. <laughs> Uh, I avoid confrontation, if at all possible. Uh, it, it makes me nervous, and I, I, I just don't like it. So Jesus said, I'm the only way. I'm the only way to get there. So I can't, I can't take that if I believe that he is who he says he is and just say, oh, well, you believe this, I believe this, oh, we're all one big happy family. I don't think that we should all go out on the streets with these big cardboard signs and say, the end is near, repent. Uh, I, I don't think that's very effective. I think there are some people that do that, and they're able to, to talk to some people and have some conversations. Uh, but I have a hard time with that approach to uh, proclaiming truth. Uh, I think the best place for us to have those conversations is within a relationship. Uh, part of what I do with Campus Life is we attempt to build healthy relationships with teenagers. Uh, because if I just went to the school and just started holding up a sign or started yelling at people, you know, the end is near, you repent and, 
and be baptized, how many students do you think would, would come up to me and say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that? <laughs> uh, I think it would be pretty rare. I think I wouldn't have a job for too long uh, if that's the approach that I took. Um, it's about relationship. We're in the business of building relationships so that we can share, so that we can communicate what we believe to be true. Uh, there's a fine line sometimes between having relationships and discussions and having arguments. I mean, my brother and I, on some issues, we'll, we'll go at it. You know, we'll, we'll go at it about different, different things, and I love my brother, uh, and it's great, but it, it goes from being a discussion to being an argument. Because, you know, it gets heated sometimes. You know, we're pretty stubborn, both of us. And, and so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with what I think is right, and he's going to stick with what he thinks is right, and we're going we're gonna to go back and forth about it. And in the end, we're going to love each other, and we're going to just kind of concede that he's going to stay where he's at, I'm going to stay where I'm at. Uh, but there's a fine line there, and it's very easy to go from discussion to argument. Don't you think? Have you ever been in a situation like that? Or it starts as a discussion, like, oh, this is my viewpoint, and, and I'm going to share, oh, whoa, 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 that's not right. This is what I read in the Bible, or this is what I think the evidence shows. And it's hard sometimes to, to keep that in perspective. Uh, so how do we convey truth? You know, if you believe that the Bible is God's word, that it is God's truth, that he's communicated to us, that he's shared to us, how do I convey that in a way that doesn't come across as judgmental? Uh, I think... Uh, for a lot of folks uh, who are part of the church, uh, a kind of a bad picture has been painted of the way we approach people, the way we approach conversations that we're judgmental, that we're intolerant, uh, that we're condescending sometimes, that we belittle other people because of our belief. Uh, and so, again, I think it's important that those conversations take place within a relationship. Uh, a friend of mine, I have a good friend of mine who is an atheist, and we we train together a lot in the summer. Uh, we, we ride our bikes a lot together. So this spring and this summer especially, we spent a lot of time together because uh, we were training for the rain ride, which is the ride across Indiana. It's 163 miles in one day. It's a long way. So we spent a lot of time, and we had a lot of time to talk. You know, Kelly always asks me when I get back from a long ride like that, what did you talk about for five hours? Like, that's a ridiculous amount of time just to be spending with someone. It's like, we talk about everything. I mean, there is very little that doesn't take place in our conversation. So, uh, but it's great because we have a relationship. He respects me. I respect him. And a lot of our conversations go something like this. Uh, you know, he'll ask me, well, what about this? You know, you believe this. What about that? And I'll try and give my best response. I'll give an answer. And then I'll say, well, okay, what about this? You know, tell me about that. And so he'll respond to me, and, and it's just kind of this back and forth. Uh, and I don't know that any amount of, uh, you know, like if I were to pressure him into trying to make a decision, or uh, obviously that's not going to be effective. But we have great dialogue. We have great discussion. It's never escalated to an argument. Uh, I've never gotten into a, like, fierce debate with this guy. But uh, I feel like it's been good for me. It's been a good challenge for me because it's caused me to really defend what I believe. And I think it's been good for him, too, because uh, he's had the opportunity uh, to hear about Jesus uh, and 
just to have an open dialogue. Uh, I have, I've gotten the impression that most of his conversations with believers uh, has been judgmental, uh, condescending, uh, and it hasn't gone very well. He's had some experiences maybe where uh, people have just not been very kind about what they say. So, again, I cannot remove all doubt. I can't say with 100% certainty to my friend uh, that Jesus is real. Uh, I cannot say with 100% certainty that uh, he exists. It's one of those things, that's what makes it faith. You know, we have faith, we have belief, and there's a part of that that we have to accept. Uh, I wish I could. I wish sometime while we're writing, Jesus would just show up, just say, hey, I'm here, I'm real. You know, here are the, you know, like Thomas, like he did with Thomas. But it doesn't work that way most of the time. So I'm, I'm praying for him all the time. Uh, I'm going to continue to have conversations with him. I'm going to continue to be his friend. Uh, but there's a reality there that he may choose not to follow Jesus. Uh, and that's a difficult thing. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, and here's the second truth that I want to communicate. The first truth is that um, there is truth. Second truth is uh, I'm not going to be able to. Let me get my notes here, make sure I. Second truth that I cannot prove that there is an eternity. Eternity is kind of one of those difficult things to explain. I don't understand eternity. I never will. Uh, I don't think our brains are have the capability to really understand what eternity is. So I have a little uh, example that I would like to use uh, to display eternity if we can do that. So I'm going to need a couple volunteers. Come on up. And, and if we can get people maybe different, uh, if we can just help us out, like kind of on the edges of the room here. Is that going to feed back if I do that? All right, come on over here. What's your name? Olivia, all right. I'm going to have you take this pencil with this thread on it. And would you be willing to be a corner over there, one of you? And then back there, could you be a corner? And then could you be a corner? All right, I want you to go around them and just keep going in circles. This is my illustration of time. So just keep pulling on it. Just keep going, okay? Just keep going right there. Uh we're going to have to go quicker. We're going to have to. So let her go around you. Yeah, there we go. That's perfect. Okay, so uh, this is time. This is history. Uh, this is, we'll say that this was the beginning right here. This was the beginning uh, of time where, where God created everything. Uh, I don't know how he did it, but we'll say that right there, that point at the end of my thread is, is eternity. Okay, we're going to have to go faster. We go, I, I want to get the whole roll undone. The whole roll. So you got let's got a long way to go. That eternity is a long time. If you didn't know, keep pulling. I'll I'll hold the other corner here. Is it is it sticking? Oh, go that way. Go that way. There we go. All right. So we're. I'm gonna go ahead and just go ahead so we don't waste too much time doing this illustration. Okay, so this is the beginning. Uh, let's say that this, this segment right here, it's about an inch and a half long, is uh, where we're at right now. Uh, so your lifetime, 
on this little piece of string would be just a, a speck, just a dot. Okay, so this is eternity, and, and we're going to imagine that Olivia is going to take a trip, and she's going to go actually around the world several times. Actually, she's just going to keep going uh, for the rest of eternity. She's just going to keep making this, uh, this trip for me. Uh, I'm going to owe her like a milkshake or something after this. Um, <laughs> so this, just a speck on here is your lifetime. This is eternity. It's going to keep going. It's just going to keep going. Now, if I believe that the Bible is true, that God's word is true, and that someday I will get to be in heaven, I will get to enjoy heaven for this amount of time. That's amazing, isn't it? I can't wait to be in heaven with God, with my family and friends who are believers for the rest of eternity. I've, you know, I've talked to people, what are we going to do in heaven? I don't know. I don't care. I'm going to be in heaven. The place that everybody wants to achieve. So, look, she's still going. I don't know how, how much yarn or thread I have here, but it, I have a lot. Uh, here's the deal. If heaven is a real place, there is enough evidence in the Bible to suggest that hell is a real place also. To me, that should be the most frightening truth ever communicated i mean when you read the images and descriptions of hell in the bible it is terrifying it is absolutely i i wouldn't even wish that on my worst enemy and yet somehow olivia you're doing a great job and yet somehow when we know this truth we believe that this is truth, and we say, I'm just a little bit nervous to talk to my coworkers. I'm a little bit nervous to talk to my classmates or my friends or my family members who are not believers. You're almost done? Oh, look, okay, so we ran out of strength. So that's just the beginning of eternity right there. Uh, thank you, Olivia. Let's give her a hand for helping out. Uh, now I don't know what to do. You guys are just going to have to stand here for the rest of the time or... Now you can set it down, I guess. We'll cut it. And I didn't think about that part, uh, what to do afterwards. So the, the evidence in the Bible suggests that hell is real, that it's terrifying. You, you can have a seat. Thank you very much. I can't imagine knowing, knowing that and, and saying to anybody that I have ever met, even somebody that maybe I didn't like very much, saying, yeah, I hope you end up there. I would, I would have to be like the worst person ever to, to feel that way about somebody. Um, if it's real, and I can't prove that it is, uh, I can only base my thoughts on the evidence that I have. Uh, I wanted to show you a video so if we can do that, maybe this will help communicate a little bit of what happens in our hearts uh, when we're thinking about trying to share our faith with someone that we might know.
about boats is you can be in the water, but you don't actually have to get your own body in the water. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's say you fall in the water or uh, someone you know or someone you don't know. Uh, what's so great, if you want to save them, well, in fact, let me just show you a few things that you can use to, to help save lives. Uh, first of all, this here, well, it's actually sort of a cheap little thing. Uh, you use it when you're not sure of the quality of the person you're trying to save. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Lose this puppy, it's, it's no big deal. But now this, this is something different. This is like designer swimwear. It's for the person who's drowning, but they still care how they look, all right? Uh, you don't want to lose that, though. That's really expensive. Oh, but this is my new favorite. Uh, I just got this new. This is, uh, this is what you call a reach pole. And the great thing about a reach pole is that let's imagine that you have somebody drowning out in the water behind you. You just put it out as far as you can, and they'll grab on, and then you pull them into safety. I mean, it works great. It's terrific. Uh, you can get these poles in different lengths. This one is, um, this is, uh, it's a long one. And so remember, all you got to do, you just take the reach pole, you put it out to the person who's drowning, and you just make sure that they grab on, and then just, oh, you pull them in, and it makes for a great little rescue story. You know what I'm saying? Makes you feel good, makes you look good. Oh, So uh, this is my boat. I love my boat. I love my life-saving equipment. So you're a swimmer. Uh, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a swimmer. I, I've been a swimmer since I was a little kid. In fact, I grew up in a swimming home, and... Uh, most of my friends were swimmers. Uh, well, oh wait, I, I did have some friends who were non-swimmers, but we weren't that close. You know, didn't have that much in common. Uh, you know, but with swimming being an important part of my life story, not theirs. We just didn't connect, if you know what I'm saying, you know. Do you have any non-swimmer friends now? Mm, no, I'd have to say that all my friends now are swimmers. Why don't you have any non-swimmer friends? <laughs> I look at it this way. We only have so and so much time in this life. Why waste time on people you don't care about? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Couldn't you tell them they need to learn to swim? Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. Because you see, swimming is a very personal thing. I mean, you just don't go rapping on someone's door saying, hey, if you don't accept swimming into your life, you're going to drown and die. No, you know, they wouldn't listen to me anyway. I mean, it's pretty tough to dive into a conversation with somebody and say, hey, you need swimming, or hey, do you want to come to swimming with me some week? Nah, they're probably just going to laugh at you. You really think so? Oh, you bet your water wings they would. Couldn't you just show them how to swim? Oh, yeah, if it'd be that easy. If somebody's going to say, hey, I want to be a swimmer, hmm. presto, instant flotation? I don't think so. you got to teach them breathing and kicking and all that crawling stuff. And I'm no teacher. I'm no expert. Besides, I'm only one person. What difference can I make? Come on. Plus... I'd have to take time away from my job and my family and my swimmer friends and my busy schedule. You could at least tell them they're going to drown. Oh, they already know that. They do? Absolutely. Then why don't they become swimmers? Because they're stupid. Oh, come on. No, really, I thought a lot about this, you know? I mean, I have no sympathy for someone who isn't willing to learn how to swim. I mean, if people aren't willing to become swimmers, <laughs> let them eat weight. How often do you swim? Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it varies. Uh, how often do you actually go swimming? Oh, I, I don't know. Once a week? Uh, nah. Once a month? Mm -hmm. Once every year? Uh, okay, tell you the truth. I can't remember the last time I've gone swimming.
But you call yourself a swimmer. You bet your butterfly I do. But you never swim. See, I don't need to swim, all right? I've done enough swimming in my lifetime to last an eternity, you know what I'm saying? See, and that's another reason I don't want to push this swimming thing on non-swimmers. I don't want to come across as one of these wetter-than-thou guys who says that there's only one way to deal with water. No, hey, let's face it, my days of saving lives, over. You do like swimming, don't oh, you? I love swimming. I love swimming. I, mean, I gotta tell you something. I used to be afraid of the water. No. Really, really scared me to death. I would have drowned one day, but then I learned how to swim, and I wasn't afraid anymore. Was it fun to be afraid? Was it fun? Are you kidding me? It was a miserable feeling, but swimming saved my life. Why don't you look behind you? No. Mm, no, I... Rather not. You realize there are some people drowning behind oh. you. Take a hey, look. Uh, hey, did I did I did I show you this vest here? It's really it, it comes in really handy. Have I shown this to you? Yes, you did. Now look at them. I can't believe the time. Uh, hey, they're drowning. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get going. I, look I really at yeah. them. No. No. All right, so there's actually good news to finish off today. Um, <clears throat> there is freedom available. You know, at the beginning we said that Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Uh, I want to read the rest of that, because sometimes it's difficult, I think, to take one verse out of a passage. And But uh, if you look in John chapter 8, starting in verse 32, uh, it says this. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free... You will be free indeed. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Uh, what would you do if you were a slave? Like an actual slave. Somebody that was forced to work for someone else with, with really no pay. Uh, what would you, would you want to be free? I hope so. I, I would want to be free. I would, want, I would not want to exist in that kind of a life. What would you do if someone purchased your freedom? How would you respond to that person? What would you owe the person who paid for your release? Would it make a difference if the person paid the price with his own life? Would it be more meaningful if, if somebody just said, hey, uh, I don't know this person, but uh, he's a slave, and I want to just I want to take his place. I'm a free man. I want you to exchange 
my freedom for his. We have been given the greatest gift in all of history. And sometimes I feel like I hang on to it. Like I don't share it. Like I don't communicate it. It's not like if I share this gift with someone who I believe doesn't have it that somehow my gift diminishes. It's one of the only things that we have that as you share it, it actually increases. So here's the challenge. Here's the challenge that I have for for each one in this room, including myself. Uh, The challenge is this week, in the next seven days, to open up a dialogue with someone who you maybe feel or know doesn't know Jesus. It doesn't have to be a debate. I don't want it to be an argument. Open up a dialogue with this person. If you believe that the Bible is true, if you believe that the Bible is God's own word, and the communication that we have through that is that eternity is real, heaven is real, hell is real, then then take that message and share it with the people that you know. We have a responsibility. Now, I wouldn't, If I saw a truck barreling down on somebody in the street, I don't care if I know the person or not, the very least I would do is shout at that person and tell them to get out of the way. I would tell them, if I had to, I would go and tackle them off the road so that they didn't get hit. And this, we're talking about eternity here. Eternity. Uh, And just as a point, you know, like, I don't think that the existence of hell makes God less loving. I don't think it makes him a tyrant or or just some bully. I think that hell is there because it's a, it's a consequence for sin. God being the just judge that he is had to have a punishment that was worthy of sin. And and that's what hell is. I deserve that. I deserve every bit of it. But I'm grateful that a gift was given to me that I don't have to experience that. I know that I will be in heaven someday with God. Sometimes I can't, I can't prove it 100%. There's no way I could do that. But I believe in the deepest parts of my heart that it is true. We need to take this message. We need to have courage. We need to go boldly. And we need to stop being afraid to share this message because there are people that we love that we care about who need to hear the message of truth that Jesus is who he says he was and that he is the only way don't be afraid Uh, I'd just like to pray real quick uh, before we close and I don't know if there's anything else that needed to happen before Neil so uh, let's pray Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus. I know that I am completely and 100% undeserving. But thank you for sharing that gift with me. I pray that I do not hold it back. I pray that I take it boldly to the people that I meet, to the students that I interact with, to my friends, to my family, to everyone who needs you. 
Father, I just pray that uh, you would help open those conversations. Sometimes it's hard to know where to start. God, I pray that you would give us uh, just guidance from your Holy Spirit, that you would give us um, ears when we need to listen, that you would allow us to have the words when we need to speak. And I pray that you would give us the just the heart to know uh, when which is needed. Uh, we love you so much, God, and pray that you would um, bless this day, bless this week. Uh, help us to live our lives in a way that honors you. I pray that in all that we say and do, that we would reflect you and we would reflect Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.